Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Welcome to episode 57 of the F-Sharp podcast presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. I'm Adam Henning, and I'm joined as always with co-host Tanner Bortnam. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert. Uh, it is episode 57. I apologize. Last episode, I said 55, but it was actually 56. Uh, so this is indeed episode 57. And indeed, my phone was blown up with all of Dave Ramsey and Catherine Wood all last week. So thank you for that, Tanner. And you're welcome. Um, yeah, hey. Yes. <laughs> uh, glad I, that it's your phone and, and not I, mine. <laughs> really, you didn't experience any of that? Nah, I mean, I I don't go on social media a ton solely yeah, because otherwise I would be targeted with all of those, and it would be frustrating. So yeah, I try to just well, good for stay you. away. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, before we enter the the episode, and uh, be, before we begin, if you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Uh, if this is your first episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. If you have any suggestions for a future episode, uh, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. This episode, episode 57, we're going to be talking a little bit due to tax season. We're recording this at the end of February. Uh, we're going to look at a little bit of formation of business structure. Um, so won't necessarily pertain to everybody listening unless you're a business owner. Um, so we're going to look at uh, options for 401ks or retirement funds for um, business owners or business structures. Um, so with that, uh, we'll, we'll Tanner will lay out all the different options and, and break down each one. Um, maybe pros and cons or just uh, inform uh, on the structure of each uh, different formation or what, what would you call these different uh just different options 401ks? different yeah. options okay uh yeah not different types of 401ks because a oh, 401k okay. is a type um but just different options yep. okay um so right off the bat is there um are we going to approach this from a sole proprietorship or what kind of business structure are we talking is it just small business or in general or what what are we yeah. looking at for scope um that's a really good question. Um, we'll talk about it from both. Uh, as you you know, you kind of alluded to, it will be mainly from the employer standpoint. If you're a business owner, okay. small business, sole proprietorship, there, that's the same. Or a small business, you have some employees. Um, I'll try to go through, hit on if there's any nuances between the two. Um, sometimes it's the exact same; doesn't matter. Sometimes it there are some nuances, whether it's a sole proprietor or if you have employees. And now one caveat of this too is if you are an employee of a small business, your employer may have one of these. So while some of this won't apply to you, there are pieces of it that that will as well. So if you want to tune in, you know, for for those parts, uh, there is some of it that we'll be talking about from the employee side of things as well. So yeah. And if you're, you know, educated enough, you can go to your employer and say, hey, have you ever thought about this? Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, it, it's not a terrible idea, you know, of course, from an employer standpoint, um, 
there's a tax benefit to doing this. It's also a cost. You know, you have to put money into employees' retirement accounts if you create one of these. So there's a cost, but there's a you know there's a tax benefit as well. So it, the government is trying to entice business owners to set one of these up and help their employees, um, you know, save for retirement. And so you get a you get a tax break if you do have um, one of them set up to help out your employees. Yep. What's the first one? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to kind of take these in what I think is the least to, uh, or like the worst option, and then we'll save the the best for last. Um, the first option, okay. again, just if you're a, a you know sole proprietor or small business, um, is you know, you have nothing really. You don't have a a, a business retirement account per se, but you're saving money inside of an individual IRA, right? Everyone can do that, whether you're an employee or whether you're a business owner, everyone has a right to set up their own individual retirement account and save money in it. Now, the reason I say this is the least beneficial is you can only put in $7,000 and these are 2024 numbers. 2023, it was slightly less at 6,500, but, um, for this one in particular, all the numbers go up a little bit. So again, just this is these are 2024 numbers. So in 2024, you can only put seven thousand dollars per year into this. If you're over 50, you can put an additional one thousand for a total of eight thousand into it. But if you want to save any more than that, you can't. The government caps you at you know seven thousand or eight thousand, depending upon your age, of being able to put money into this IRA. So again. Not the best to try to you know not do anything and just rely on that. It's gonna it's gonna be pretty tough to retire on just saving seven thousand dollars a year. I mean, you're gonna have to have some huge, huge gains to you know have that amass uh, enough for retirement. Huge. <laughs> no, no, that's the last <laughs> time that will be said. <laughs> pretty, at least, uh, pretty. At, at least like that anyways. <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't get the hand gestures. There we go. Um, <laughs> moving on. Oh, and there I'm. Ah, you froze. I'm gone. Oh, there we go. Now yeah. you're back. I must have AT&T or something. Yep. yep uh, now you're back. <laughs> pretty standard offering. I mean, I, th- I think any listener would be familiar with an IRA. So yep. um, what would be the, and, and just the the strict uh the limit on that that's why it's the worst option in your opinion um yeah yeah not being able to yeah not being able to put as much money i mean when when i'm looking at this from best to worst i'm looking at it from a standpoint of what gives you the most flexibility particularly from a business owner standpoint what gives you the most flexibility what allows you to save the most amount of money as well you know sometimes some of these numbers are, are really big and some of my clients do save the maximum amount per year and others don't because certain things are going on. But if you if your maximum is only 7000 and you want to save 20000 a year, well, you, you can't if you only have an IRA. So that's where some of these other options are better because you don't have to do the maximum, but it is a lot larger number in case you want to. So you get that flexibility. Sure. Uh, What would be a better option? Yeah. So the next uh, best option, in my opinion, is what is called a SEP. 
um, SEP. It stands for, uh, oh, I'm blanking on it, Simplified Employee Pension. Now, it is not okay. a pension, so caveat to that. I'm not familiar with before. Yeah. Um, so, SEP, or sometimes called a SEP IRA. This one is really popular. Um, it's only really, yeah, it's only second of four on my list, but I run into this as a recommendation a lot. Um, not from me giving it, but from uh, clients or prospective clients when they're talking with either other advisors or for some reason, it seems like accountants love step IRAs. And it is simple. And maybe that's part of it is just it's simple. You can, you know, the, the, Calculation is simple. So maybe I, I I don't know from a CPA standpoint why they seem to be so in love with it. From an advisor standpoint, similarly, I think advisors trying to promote a, a SEP IRA over the other two that follow really is are, are just trying to do what's the easiest. You know, yep, it's better than an IRA and it's easy, not necessarily the best. So what a SEP IRA is, is now it is the business has to start this. Um, an employee cannot open one of these. An employee cannot contribute to a SEP IRA. It is solely the business contributing to this for the employee. Now, quick caveat on that. A business owner typically, you know, and business owners will know this, they are typically the owner and also an employee of the business. So from that standpoint, they would be contributing as the business, not as the employee. So if you're a sole proprietor, the business is putting money in here, not you yourself, so to speak, as an individual. Um, if you have employees, you have to put in as much money for them as you put in for yourself. Sometimes I have business owners that do not like that. Now, again, it's not necessarily dollar for dollar because you can set it up where if I'm going to put 10% in for myself, I have to put 10% in of my employee's um, salary. salary, correct. But they don't have to, employees cannot put money into this. So it, it a lot of times that's a big hurdle too for employers. Is like you want the employee to have some skin in the game. If I'm going to be putting money in for you as the employer, I want you putting money in for yourself as well. We're working at this together, not just solely out of the business. So I would say most of the time I have seen it where small businesses with employees have this. I would say it's probably not ideal. Other options are better. Um, if you are a sole proprietor or it's like just you and your spouse, um, it's a little bit better, but it still isn't the best in my opinion because now the maximum, much higher than 7,000, but the maximum is 25% of the employee compensation up to $69,000 a year. So really what that breaks down to is, is if you reverse those numbers out, you have to pay yourself as the employee $276,000 wage to be able to max this out at 69,000. Not a lot of people want to pay themselves, especially if you're a business owner, you don't want to pay yourself that high of wages because now you have to pay self-employment tax. Like all, there's all these different things. So usually, and that we can do that at the next 
episode. We'll do a tax kind of few in a row here of some tax strategies since it is tax season. But to hit on that a little bit, business owners don't want to pay themselves a high salary because you pay for both sides. You pay the employee and the employer side of, of FICA taxes. So you're typically trying to have that be a reasonable but lower amount, and then you have owner compensation. And so anyways, you still have to have $276,000 that you make to be able to max this out. Some people do that, but some people don't, and now you wouldn't be able to max it out. So just because of some of those restrictions on it, having to have the high income to be able to max it out, if you do have employees, you know, kind of some of those handcuffs on it, that's why it, it sits at number two for me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the the limits and the, the maximum sound great, um, mm-hmm. and I was questioning why um, that would be such a, I don't want to frame it as negative, but your second best op or second right. to worst option. Right. Um, so um, maybe that I'll, I'll wait to ask the question I want to ask until later of just the best way of, of keeping that salary down um, for tax purposes. But uh, the next one would be simple um, employee and employer. Yep. Um, yep. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So this is what's called a, a simple retirement plan. Um what I, I don't have that pulled up what all the simpl all stands for but again it's supposed to make a simple so it's called that uh make a retirement plan for uh employers easier to to open now this one works similarly to a sep you have some higher um, contribution maximums but there are a few different wrinkles employees can contribute to this now so benefit, but employees are capped at $16,000. They can't put in any more than that. If they want to save 20, too bad. Um, if you're over 50, you get an additional 3,500 that you can save per year. Uh, so you're capped at 16 from the employee side. And then the employer, again, kind of a negative potential, call it a potential negative, is that you have to choose um, between an, a guaranteed um, 2% that you give to everybody regardless of whether they contribute or not or a 3% match of their salary. Um, so a, a match just means if they're contributing, you're matching their contribution up to 3%. Now, you can go higher than that. Again, this is going to have some of the same kind of wrinkles in it where it's um, if you're as the business owner really trying to save for your own retirement it can handcuff you a little bit just because you um you have to make that match. like you can't just cherry pick and give all your employees three percent match and give yourself a 25 percent match like everyone's treated the same so if you want to give yourself a 25 percent match everyone gets a 25 percent match it has to be across the board so Again, a few caveats there if you have employees. Now, if you're by yourself and again, or with your spouse, not as big of a deal, right? You can kind of change the rules around because it's just you and your spouse. In one year, you might give yourself a 10%. The next year, you might give yourself 25% employer match. It really is just kind of up to you. So solo or solo plus spouse companies have a lot more flexibility. It's just the government sets up these rules because they... 
you know, just to call it what it is, they don't want you to set up a retirement account and cherry pick it so that you can put a bunch of money in for yourself and screw over your employees. That's what they're concerned about. Mm -hmm. So they've created these rules and said, if you have employees, you have to treat them the same as you treat yourself. So if you're going to treat yourself really well, you got to treat them really well or vice versa. If you're only going to give them 3%, you only get 3%. And again, they'll just... Without getting too much in the weeds, you got to remember that's from the employer side. You, as the business owner and employee, can do whatever you want. So that's mm-hmm. why this one is a little bit better, right? Because you can, as the business owner slash employee, put sixteen thousand dollars in, and it doesn't matter what anybody else does. So you can keep some of the match lower if that's of concern, but yet still get 16000 in there from the employee side, where the SEP didn't allow that, right? The SEP said, it's only from the business side, so if I'm going to give to me as the business owner, I'm, I have to give to everyone else. So that's why this is in the second best um, option. Sure. You answered the question I had of why they would, why they make that rule if it's... Oh, um, yeah. Just to do that or if it was a structure of where the dollars were whatever so but that makes sense um and then what would be your best option um something that you would recommend um a business client to to set up for their employee employees yeah um so it's the 401k um i very much like 401ks they provide the absolute most um freedom and flexibility from not only the business owner side of things, but also if you have employees, they get a lot more freedom as well. Um, so it's it's a good thing for, for both sides of it. Um, with this though, this is the one that has the most variation, I would say, between a solo uh, entrepreneur versus a company that has employees. And so... Um, Let's start with the company that has employees and we'll finish with the, the, um, with a, a solo entrepreneur or solo plus a um, spouse. So if you're an employer and you have employees, 401k is going to be just like the other ones, right? The government's going to have those rules in there that say you can't screw over your employees. So they have the same rules as the simple. You can do, it's called a safe harbor. The numbers are a little bit different, but it's a safe harbor match, which means you put in, uh, if I'm remembering correctly on this one, it's 3% for automatically or up to 5% of a match. And and again, you can choose less. It just then you have to do this testing every year, which can become costly where the other ones don't have that. Um, so, so there is a limit from the business side of what you can put in for the the match and the contribution, just like the other plans have had. A second feature of this, 401ks are bigger plan. They're more complex. When I say bigger, they are more complex plans. And so you have to find a 401k administrator, trustee, custodian, all of those things. So there is now an extra layer of cost because you there, you now walk into the world of ERISA. There's a lot more rules around 401ks than the other ones. And so you will want to hire 
a 401k company to help manage this. And, and a lot of times, like my clients that have 401ks, they've hired me as the investment advisor to help on these. And then we also have, you know, a third party administrator who's, you know, holds the money and runs the plan, you know, works with all the new contributions coming in and, and those types of adds new employees when employees retire, all of those things. That's the administrator side. So there is, uh, or there are more expenses when you do get into the 401k world with employees. Um, is that the same for the other three or, or is it simpler and easy, easy, it's, easier? To yeah, manage? it's, yeah, it's simpler. Now I, I, Obviously, I, I still recommend working with an advisor on those, but you don't have to have the third-party administrator with a IRA, a SEP, or a simple. It's just what's you can a, have. What's an example of a third third-party administrator? A uh, a l- yeah, a lot of a, a lot of people have like Fidelity or Vanguard has four okay. 401- like if you you know if you're at a huge company, I mean a lot of our listeners would be at big companies, Fidelity four hundred one k's like you log into Fidelity and there's your four hundred one k at that or um, Vanguard has them, um, um, you know. So it there there's lots of third party ad- administrators out there. Okay, good with okay. that. Um, mm-hmm. So. And then with my uh, other question, well, no, let's hit that because I, and then Uh, I want you to wrap up first. Okay, with the four hundred one k's, yep, because it kind of is more pertaining to all of them. Sure, yeah, that's fine. Um, Okay, so those are the kind of two negatives of again possible negatives of the four hundred one k. Well, actually, having a higher cost is a negative for sure, Um, but then it, it has that limit on the contribution side. Now, some positives of it. From the employer side, you now have the ability, if you set the 401k plan up correctly, you have the ability to do what's called profit sharing. You still can't screw over your employees, but there is a way to, uh, we'll say, manipulate the numbers more towards the employee or towards the owner of the company in a profit sharing type situation. So you're still going to be giving funds to employees because you're sharing profits of the company, but because you're the owner of it, it's now the, the strictness on that and the it isn't as as great. There is a more flexibility to be able to get more funds from the business to help the business owner's 401k plan. Additionally, remember you can also contribute from the employee side. So as the business owner employee, or really any employee, but business owner employee, you can contribute up to $23,000 or an additional $7,500 if you're over 50 on top of that per year. So with this one, you still have that same absolute maximum value of $69,000 that can go into yours in any given year. But your salary ha- it is allowed to be a lot lower because you can put in twenty three thousand of your own money as the employee automatically, and so you don't have to have such a huge salary to still be able to max it out. It works out to be one hundred eighty four thousand. Um, so you know we just on that between that and the and the the SEP, you know, you're almost a hundred thousand dollar less in salary that you have to pay out with the same maximum contribution if that's what you're looking to do. So that's why this one is the best, 
even if you are um you know employer with employees now the best of best of best <laughs> is the solo 401k which is just happens to be if you don't have employees now the business decision to add employees there are other ramifications and things that you have to consider it's not just about a retirement plan but if you happen to be uh, a solo you know, entrepreneur or it's you and your spouse a solo 401k is an amazing amazing vehicle it's all of the same things we just talked about twenty three thousand from the employee side if you're over 50 you get an additional 7500 but then from the employer side since you're the only employee you're not worried about having these fairness tests because it's just you or it's just you and your spouse that you can just put whatever amounts of money in there and again it's that same 69,000 max but you don't have the restrictions of well I only gave my employees 5% so I'm stuck at 5%. So the solo 401k is by far and in my opinion the best particularly um you know if if you happen to be just you and or just you and your spouse um as your business. So walk me through the the profit sharing um, mm -hmm. and how that works. If you're just as a business owner, going to set aside one uh, percent of uh, profit sharing, how how does that work? And is that dispersed to the um, employee side? Is it uh, just put in a general fund, or or how does that get divvied up, or does it just get divvied up equally? Um, in addition to their employee contributions mm -hmm. or what does yep. that look like? Yep. 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 So it's an additional side. So if you have, um, you know, so now we're in, we're, we're kind of taking a step back. So we're in the 401k with employee world and you have set up matching. So the employee can put money in the employer matches, let's just say 5% and you have set up a profit sharing how those things would work is the employee has the option to put in money if he or she chooses the match if it's the five percent match you're only making the match if the employee is also putting in at least five percent you know or whatever the stipulation that you have set up but but if they do it you have to do it like it's a if they do it yeah. i have to do it that rule is set profit sharing is flexible so it's not a, I have to decide that I'm going to give 10% of the profits every year. It is, I can wait till the end of the year and see how the company did. And if we did really, really well, we can give 10, 20, 50, 5%, whatever. You can give whatever you want. It Then once you figured out that aspect of how much you can and want to give as profit sharing, you then work with the third party administrator and the advisor on the the plan of the testing because it does have to run through that because again like i said you can't screw over the employees but you figure out how that gets divvied up we're going to give out you know a company made a million bucks we're going to give out 10 percent profit sharing so we have a hundred thousand dollars to give out how does this get spread around all of the employees based on their salaries their age um wages like there's all these different factors that go in there and then They'll calc third party administrator calculates it all out, boom, boom, boom. So it is in addition. 
Now, in addition, as a sidecar to everything else. Yeah, it would be extra. It'd be absolutely extra because the company did well and they want to do profit sharing with you. They don't have to. Whether you had a good year or a bad year, the company does not have to do a profit sharing. So with my clients, I always say, let's add it as a option. You are not required to ever execute that option. But if you want to, at least it's there and we don't have to go back and amend the plan because we want to add it. So just have that option on there. And if you want to do it as the business owner, you can make that that choice. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Okay. Any follow-up to that? No. Um, okay. That was have one, the biggest question. Yep. And I have one other thing that I, I wanted to add with the 401ks in general. Um, mm-hmm. They have the ability to add the Roth component, which is super nice from the employee side. So the employee can choose, do I want the money to go in pre-tax or after tax? Obviously, the employer, any money they're putting in is going to be pre-tax so that the employer gets the the deduction for tax purposes. Um, But there's a a lot more flexibility in terms of the investment options and all of those things as well. So Uh, say you're a business owner listening to this episode and you want to heed your suggestions, not advice. Um, and are currently sitting in an IRA or SEP or even a simple, how do you transition? How easy is it to transition to uh, another one um, and, and move away from one structure to another? Yeah, uh, it, it's going to depend uh, as, as everything in investments does. Um, it depends on which one you pick. Now, let's say you listen to this and you're like, yep, I'm, I'm going to talk with my advisor or I'm going to talk with my accountant and the 401k, we agree with Tanner, the 401k is the way we want to go. If you are an individual or it's you and your spouse, a solo 401k is actually extremely easy to set up. Super easy because the government doesn't, they, I mean, they, they oversee it and there's tax forms and reporting and everything that goes to them, but they care less because there's not, the only employees is you and your family. It's not other people. It's when you add, when you have employees that are not relative or not you or your spouse. I don't even want to say relatives. Like it's not you or your spouse. Now that 401k takes more work. So you would have, to, and you can only have one. Like you cannot have a SEP and a, and a 401k. You get one. So if you have one set up, you just, you close it. I mean, and you're doing these things at the same time, right? So you're, getting ready to have the 401k get opened. You're working with whoever you choose as a third-party administrator, whoever you choose as your advisor to help you on it. You're working to get that set up. And in conjunction with when that's going to set get set up, you know, we're here at the end of February, so let's say that's going to get set up May 1st. You then are working to have your current plan close April 30th or April 15th or whatever. Just close sometime before your 401k gets open. So there is more work on the 401 the the big 401k where you have employees, but any of the other ones super easy to set up and and change. Um you know, you only want to make one change per year and even that I wouldn't I mean, it's a lot I still wouldn't do that. Like do your research, figure out which one's the best, you know, stick with that unless the tax laws change. But if you are in one that you don't like and you want to change, that part is is relatively simple. So is there growing pains from from just say like hypothetically a, a small business was set up? Is it 
advantageous to be small um, and, and start out more simple and then it grows over time and you move into to one of these other ones? Or would you say just know if, if you're um, setting out in your venture, just start right away with a solo 401k? Is that what you would suggest to, um, to business owners or? Yeah, again, without a blanket, yeah. right. Without a blanket yeah. recommendation, I mean, if it's my, you know, my company, I have a solo 401k. Um, if I would start a new company, you know, let's say in a different universe and I'm not a financial advisor and I'm going to be in it, do a different company and start something else. Absolutely. I just start with the 401k. Now, again, when you add employees, you have to flip that from a solo 401k and you have to open a, a regular 401k. So that takes some work. But between a just a regular IRA, the SEP, the simple, and the solo 401k, the solo 401k allows you the maximum amount of flexibility and options that I would just start there. It's not that much extra work, um, if at all, for to open one of those versus the others, and you get so much more flexibility. So I would start there. Okay. Yep, good That's question. That's all I have. Any, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Yeah, that's good. Interesting stuff. Um, so uh, we hope you found it interesting as well. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. If you have any questions or suggestions for a, f- a future episode, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That is podcast at financiallysharp.com. For Tanner, I'm Adam. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. Until the next episode, stay financially sharp. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com.